What's up guys, Saf here on Super Saf Speaks and welcome to episode number 23, I believe, of the podcast with myself, your host, Super Saf. And your co-host, Thunder E from Board at Work. And uh, today we have lots of, there's been a lot of tech news pop up uh, and um, I always say this, I don't want this to become a leaks podcast, but there's just so many leaks, what can we do? Samsung <laughs> Galaxy Z Fold 3, the Z Flip 3, we've got some really big information about both of those the galaxy buds 2 as well um the oneplus nord 2 uh again huge leaks around that and then uh, nintendo's also dropped the switch oled model which we can talk about and then we've got a new smartphone which you maybe were not expecting it's a smartphone from qualcomm well not technically from qualcomm but it's called the smartphone for snapdragon insiders a device to showcase all of snapdragon's capabilities so we've had a first look the announcement has just been made and we'll give you our first impressions on this very new and interesting device and then the sony xperia one mark three uh something that um is controversial and it seems like a lot of sony fans seem to think that tech reviewers are giving sony a hard time so we're going to be talking a little bit about that a little bit controversial I mean, I think I think they are. I think those guys are. Those damn tech reviewers always giving companies a hard time, you know, doing their job. <laughs> All right. Initially, we're going to start off with the Z Fold 3. So time is ticking and it's coming closer to the Z Fold 3. And Evan Blass, you know, very reputable leaker, just um, went ahead and dropped like some full-on official renders of the Z Fold 3 as well as the Z Flip. But initially taking a look at the Z Fold 3, um, looking at his renders, you can see that the design is slightly different. The edges are a lot more flat. We're seeing a bit of a yeah. trend these days with flatter edges, aren't we? Um, mm -hmm. So we've got, we've got more flat edges. There's a matte finish across the board. Uh, we have seen the camera arrangement before. So it's a, it's a vertical camera arrangement. So we don't have like a thick rectangle like we've had on the previous uh, Z Fold 2. Um, we now, it's, it's in line. So it doesn't look like we've got a periscope camera. It still looks like we've got a similar punch out for the um, inner display. So when that is open, then we will have that punch out. And the key thing that we can see here on this render is that there is an S Pen. And this S Pen actually says on here, the Fold Edition, which uh, would suggest to me that there is a specific type of S Pen that is uh, here for uh, the fold maybe it's not as um you know maybe it's a different material that's not going to scratch it up or something i don't know now we've done some you know we, we've covered other leaks uh, around the uh z fold 3 previously it's likely to have 120 hertz displays uh both the uh, front and the uh, and the uh, main display as well and yeah i mean it's, it's looking proper it's looking promising man yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, one of the things that is striking to me looking at this image for the, you know, Z Fold 3 is the, the rear cameras. Uh, they look bigger, I mean, even though they're in that, you know, st straight line arrangement like the Z Fold 2. But at least the sensor looks like it's a larger sensor. I don't know what it is. I, I don't think it's the 108, but who knows what Samsung will do here. And I'm a bit bummed out just a bit that there is no under-display uh, camera internally, at least from this 
this leaked image. Then again, Samsung might be thinking, look, we don't want to sacrifice quality for individuals. So especially if you're going to be using that for video conferencing and things like that. So yeah. uh, I, I like that, but I like the S Pen. You, look, we're on the same boat with the S Pen. S Pen is like life for us. So seeing it on this device is, is interesting because he, I'm thinking, will they offer this with and without the S Pen or is this something you buy the S Pen optionally? I still think it's going to be optional because um, I think the Note series is the one where it comes included. That's the one, right? But then as we saw with the um, the S21 Ultra, right? Yes, it's got support for an S Pen, but it's only for people who want to get it because there, there doesn't seem to be any sort of uh, internal enclosure for the S Pen on this fold, right? As we have in the yeah. Note. So it yeah. looks like it is going to be a separate uh, accessory, but then there's going to be a specific S Pen for the fold. Now I'm assuming because it's still going to be somewhat of a plastic inner display, using a traditional S Pen would probably scratch it up. So I, I'm assuming they're using a different type of a material for the fold edition S Pen, which is not going to do that. Yeah, uh, I definitely, I, you presume correctly. As I said, do not try that, ladies and gentlemen. Please do not try it. You, you could use it to <laughs> slightly touch, but I just, I will guarantee you without even seeing the device, just don't try it. Be gentle. That's what E is saying. Now, um, in terms of the release date, so front page tech, uh, there's a report that uh, there's uh, around 50 to 70,000 units a day of each device, um, you know, are, are, are in mass production right now. So they're, they're looking very um, uh Optimistic, that's the right word, right? I always mix my optimistic and pessimistic. Honestly, I'm so bad at it. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're expecting a lot of sales. Uh, 3rd of August is seeming like that's when the impact date is going to be. So uh, I mean, I mean, it's kind of in line. We've seen impact be around the first or the second week of August. So hmm. you know, even if it moves to the second week or it stays in the first week, it's around the time when Unpacked usually comes. And again, because of the timing of all these rumors we're seeing, that mm. matches with the launch period. It's you know, just from last year and the year before. Yeah, and apparently combined, there's gonna be around 7 million units for these devices. So yeah, they're, they're, they're looking to sell quite a few. Now the other device, the other foldable oh. device we have is the Z Flip 3. Sorry, E, you were saying something. Now, I was just going to say, remember the very first Galaxy Fold, which is just literally three years ago, they were talking about, and it was talk about maybe a million units being sold, and now mm. we're at seven? Like, Hey, well, that's combined between both of the foldables, but still, it's I mean, big still numbers. Though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. One of the reasons uh, that the Z Flip 3 may be quite popular is the rumored pricing, which is supposed to be around 20% less compared to what we've seen previously. So uh, there is um, a, a report here from uh, Fronton, who's a, a tipster, and this is on GSM Arena, and it's likely to be uh, around $200 uh, cheaper. Sorry, I said 20%, I meant $200. So it's uh, reportedly going to be coming for around about um, uh, $1,250. Ooh. Ooh. Right. So previously it was around $1,450, you know, $1,500. So... Yeah, that's somewhat of a decrease, but uh, what's more interesting is uh, the leaks that we've had from Evan Blast. Like we've got full 360 GIFs that show <laughs> the device in its full glory. Now we've talked about the Flip 3 before. It almost looks like uh, you know a, a Pixel um, 2 that we had previously with a, with a glass panel at the top. 
um, which is black. And then it's almost like that folding, um, being able to fold, right? Now, this mm -hmm. area here is likely to, is going to have a secondary larger display, which will have, um, you know, information. You're going to be able to use it as a viewfinder, etc. And we've got some interesting sort of pastel colors. I think I'll probably be going for the black again. We've got like a purpley color. We've got this sort of beige uh, color as well. Um, but... I mean, it looks good. We've uh, if it does come in at that price, I mean, that's still a pretty competitive price uh, for the uh, Flip Three, uh, considering the um, form factor of the device. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, it's going to sell for around eight ninety nine at some point this year. You know, there's going to be some deal, not necessarily a long period, but there's going to be some deal where we can we're going to see it. Uh, off by 200 and maybe even cheaper. And then if you're getting it used, so think about even for the Z Fold, sorry, the Z uh, Flip 2, that's gonna be much cheaper. And that's still a really solid device, a solid foldable, you know, on mm. its own. So this is, you know, Samsung is driving what they want. They wanna see that price drop down to something reasonable, not cheap, but reasonable enough for people to go, okay, you know what, I'm making that investment in there and uh, offering a device that, you know, I know you're going to go over the specs uh, soon, but some of the spec details, you know, packaging the kind of things you would expect from a top-tier device that's also foldable, at least a flip foldable. Uh, look, I think they're hitting the strides on foldable the right way after the missteps they had. So, so here's a question for you. Um, flip or fold? What form factor is the, the foldable for you? Uh, it's it's the fold. Uh, the flip is the flip is nice. If I I guess I would say if I'm one of those who I'm concerned about, my phones are too long or bulky, or I do like the I miss the flip element from the you know the old school days, or I want something that's kind of cute and portable. Sure, uh, for me the fold just because you know. Uh, we are going to be traveling again uh, as things are coming out of lockdown in different places. I'm already traveling as I am in the U.S. And, you know, having that as open up on the flight, I can watch a movie, my TV shows, uh, real estate to read my manga. Like, it's, it's just better for me because it becomes a full-fledged tablet. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I, I agree. I'd, I'd probably go with the um, Fold as well because having a smartphone in your pocket anyway, that can expand to a tablet essentially gives you the options when it comes to consuming content whereas um uh, with uh, the um flip it's almost like okay you can fold it in half and that flip element is pretty cool and you know we, we know guys like um austin evans and quinn who absolutely quinn love loves it <laughs> yeah they love that form factor but it seems to be like one or the other but um yeah i mean they're coming soon i'm hopefully going to be doing like a, a detailed leaks and rumors roundup on the main channel as soon as we've got more information so then that'll be one place where we can put everything together so you'll know exactly what to expect but it's not it's not long uh since well not long until they're released now another device that we've also got from samsung that's been leaked quite significantly um is the galaxy buds 2 so these are the earbuds galaxy buds have been some of my favorite earbuds generally overall there's obviously a few different versions of them but the galaxy buds 2 now we've seen full-on leaked renders which you know are pretty much final like there's, <laughs> there's nothing really much left to it but what's quite interesting is so evan blast has actually done full 360s of three of the colors but what's interesting is the case is white on all of them the outer case right yeah then the inner segment of the case is in these different colors um so even you know uh, the, the the black version is also kind of like white outside but then it's black 
inside and then the earbuds are also black so that's a that's a quite a different um uh, approach that we're seeing on here um but uh they do look good now initially there were rumors that uh there's not going to be um active noise cancellation there's only going to be passive noise cancellation but we've had a tweet from ice universe who's a very reputable leaker uh very accurate and he's got a screenshot of uh, the interface of the galaxy buds 2 right and on mm -hmm. there there's noise controls and you know you can switch between active noise cancellation as well as ambient sound which then suggests that the galaxy buds 2 will in fact have active noise cancellation which will be really really good um they are also likely to be announced uh, alongside the samsung devices although there's some um well some some were saying that it might be a little bit earlier but it seems like it will be at uh unpacked uh on potentially the 3rd of august is what the date that's been uh bouncing around yeah i, I do agree uh i would say first thing though the color scheme uh, i like it because i think what it is samsung probably looked at the fact that in terms of you know case colors people are either going white or black and maybe people are not buying different colors or it might be one of those things but also again it's a dare i say a mirror to apple with a nice little twist where it, you know you have a singular case color but at least you have the variation inside so it's your own special little little thing right as opposed to being branded out there like we've got mm. a very different color uh the mm. other thing i'm looking at with these 360 gifts here is that uh the ear tips look like the ear tips from the uh the galaxy buds not from the galaxy uh buds pro or from the live this looks like the buds from the 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 tips from the galaxy buds which means this will have the same kind of isolation the buds have because the buds have one mm. of the best you know, I said they, re they just fit really, really well. So I'm I'm happy to see this here, at least just from what I'm looking at. And mm -hmm. it looks like, you know, you combine that with the ANC, uh, even if the ANC might not be as strong as you might think, but because of the isolation, I think it might work out pretty well. So can't wait to check it out. Galaxy Buds 2, let us, let us know guys, um, if you're on YouTube on the comments, what do you guys think? I mean, as I said, the Buds are probably some of my favorite series of, uh, you know, I've, I've had all of them. The Buds uh, Initial, the Buds, the Buds Plus, the Buds Live, the Buds Pro. So I'll definitely be checking out the Buds 2 whenever they're out and we'll be we'll be covering uh, reviews uh, on, the, on, well, we'll use them for a couple of weeks. And as we do here on the podcast, we can do like a one or two weeks later and we can share our experiences um, on on the buds too now another yeah. device that's uh, likely to be coming potentially this month actually is the oneplus nord 2 so the oneplus nord initial the the first version i mean it was a very popular device especially in europe and we had the oneplus nord ce right which kind of threw things a little off because it was just like okay where does this device sit so it's kind of like underneath the nord like it's you know so it's kind of like a you know think of it as an iphone se so then they're calling it the nord ce but now we've got you know some solid leaks around the nord 2 so on 91 mobiles we've got a uh, uh, leaker on leaks so steve you know he's very accurate when it comes to his renders and we've got some 5k renders of the oneplus nord 2 now first impression straight away from these renders it looks a lot like 
the OnePlus 9 and the 9 Pro. So it's it's on the same theme, right? So we've got this rectangular camera module rather than the mm-hmm. um, inline camera module, should we say, the traffic light style. So this is more of a, a, a rectangular camera module. Uh, again, you know, we've, we've got the punch out in the corner. Uh, I can see a single punch out in this corner rather than a pill shape, which we've had in the Nord 1. And talking about some of the specifications, these are very interesting because based on this report here, the expected specifications, we're looking at a 6.43 inch Full HD plus AMOLED display with a 90 hertz refresh rate, okay? Uh, 12 gigabytes of RAM up to 256 gigabytes of storage. But here's something that's very interesting, Ian. I think you're gonna be very interested in this. The MediaTek Dimensity 1200 SoC. Mm-hmm. Now that, that's a pretty powerful chipset, right? Yeah, it is. It is, it, it's, it's quite interesting to see that they're also going with this kind of leads us back to this. We had this discussion a couple of episodes or a few episodes back where we said, uh, we talked about the fact that MediaTek is now the leading mobile uh, chip uh, supplier right now in the market. So yep. I do remember that. Yeah, MediaTek's everywhere. Yeah, MediaTek is really taking over. So MediaTek, I mean, the Dimensity 1200 is, is a very capable chipset. In terms of the camera arrangement, it looks like we've got a 50 megapixel primary camera, an eight megapixel secondary lens, which uh, of course is likely to be uh, an ultra wide. Then we've got a two megapixel sensor. Of course, OnePlus love to put their two megapixel sensors. Maybe this is gonna be a black and white sensor. Maybe it's gonna be one of those um, two megapixel macro sensors, which we did have on the first Nord. It's gonna a 30... be macro. <laughs> okay, should we put some money at it? What is it gonna be, macro or? Uh... Yeah, it's going to be macro. (laughs) 32 megapixel um, front-facing camera, a 4,500 milliamp hour battery with uh, 60 or 60, sorry, with 30 or 65 watt charging support, right? Now, of course, it could include 5G and uh, it's going to be coming with Android 11, according to this report. Now, the pricing is an interesting thing here, okay? Because the pricing on 91 mobiles uh, being a... uh, uh, an Indian website, I believe, the pricing is in rupees. So it's uh, around 30,000 rupees. Now, I've gone ahead and done some conversions for you guys, so we know what that kind of means. So that's around $400 or around 300 pounds. However, one thing you have to do keep in mind is that this is obviously just a direct conversion based on this rumored uh, rumored pricing. And India, India pricing is always cheaper, right? So what OnePlus yeah. does, which I think is very smart, is they manufacture a lot of their devices in India, which actually makes them bypass a lot of the taxes as far as I'm aware, right? Which means that in a very competitive market, especially in that sort of mid-range area, you can come in very, very competitive because if you look at even the OnePlus 9 and the 9 Pro, they were actually significantly cheaper in India compared to the UK and the US. So that's quite interesting. And now if it does come in at a competitive price point, because remember this three to 400 pound price, uh, you know, bracket has become very competitive recently. We've had some really good devices, the Poco F3 um, we've had, we've had yeah. the Realme uh, GT, which, um, you know, has the 888 and it came in at around, you know, around that 400 pound mark as well. So yeah, it's looking, uh, it was at three, I think it was the introductory was 369 euros which again yeah. is very, very competitive. So, I mean, the Nord 1 was a device that I really liked and you know, for what it was offering, bang for buck, was one of the best devices out there. The Nord 2 looks also very promising based on these leaks. What do you think, E? 
Yeah, I think it is. I mean, uh, a lot. Of, I got a lot of interest last year, especially doing some of my gaming videos. And I like to see that with the dimensity on this device. What you know, OnePlus really does a good job in that segment for gaming, uh, for a lot of people. So I would like to see what the Nord does, and uh, I would like to see that. I really want OnePlus to open the Nord to all markets because mm. you know now that they've. They pushed the main OnePlus line, line, whether you know the OnePlus Nine, the Tens, even the Nine T, which we'll probably have later on, to a much to a little bit higher tier. That mid-range market that they used to own is slowly going to other people. So it would be nice to see that open up in all parts or all regions where people can go. Okay, I still got a OnePlus. I get that, you know. Uh, ne never settle feel, even though they don't call it that anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, so th this is know, the thing. I mean, it, it had that flagship killer vibe, and that's how OnePlus really started, right? With that flagship yeah. killer vibe. Yeah. Now, when you look at the OnePlus 9 Pro, I wouldn't mm -hmm. necessarily, I mean, you know, it's nowhere near a flagship killer because it's priced pretty much, you know, at the same um, sort of level as some of these flagship devices. So it's not necessarily a flagship killer. Um, you know, some areas where it does fall behind on, such as the front-facing camera, which is just 1080p, etc. you know, compared to a lot of the uh, others, it's kind of like, you know, you can't, it's, it's nowhere a flagship killer what it used to be, right? And some of these compromises, you let them go for those because of the price that they would come in at. But the Nord really seems to be like taking that place for OnePlus, right? That is still offering some, you know, flagship features, mm -hmm. or you know, getting there, such as the um, you know, ninety hertz display, etc. But it's coming in at something that's very affordable. So yeah, I mean, the Nord series is usually quite fun, and um, you know, after the Nord CE, which I don't think was received massively well, it'll be interesting no, it was to see not. what the it Nord. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I'm being nice, but yeah, the the Nord two, I think, uh, will will hopefully um, be much more. Uh, successful quick question for you though do you think this new integration with uh oppo because we just found out and you were right i'm going to just say that you're right thank you um thank you very uh, much you know oxygen os will be incorporated into you know color os uh do you think that integration into oppo now that it's it's fully it's beginning to fully take place will actually help them drive that cheaper price point to move back to that never settle field because now they've got the full backing of Big Brother uh, mm. to, to do this. And, you know, with that integration of software, it means you're no longer just looking at two things separately, you're doing things together. And then you can easily go, okay, you know what? Oppo, Oppo sells to a very large Chinese market. OnePlus has the international market, but we can build the same SKU and add all those features and cut the price down. 100%. I mean, you, you, you just have to take one look at Realme, right? So Realme is Oppo's like child right where they come with like insanely competitive prices and there is no way a you know startup or something or like a, a new company could actually you know really produce devices at these very competitive prices unless they had a back unless they had backing from a huge uh, giant like Oppo, right? And this is yeah. where I think Realme really benefits from having that uh, Oppo backing, right? And that's why they can, you know, like, it, it, I would never have thought that you'd have a flagship chipset, the Snapdragon 8088, in a device priced at um, 369 euros. That's insane. That's absolutely just nuts. Like, you know, that price is, is crazy. And I think this, uh, a similar thing is going to be happening with OnePlus. Now, remember I said, um, you know, in, in the previous podcast episode, is that if you look at Realme UI, it's essentially ColorOS renamed, 
right? Yeah. And yeah. you know, and, I, and as I was saying with Oxygen OS, right? I think what's what's going to actually happen. This is my other prediction: is rather than you know Color OS just you know pushing Color OS onto Oxygen OS, they're going to see some of the things that are working in Oxygen OS. Right, because one of the things Oxygen OS did was they took a lot of inspiration from One UI on Samsung, and they kind of had those bigger headers. Everything's kind of moved down easier to access mm -hmm. with one hand. I think that's going to kind of um, be incorporated into Color OS as a as a whole. Right. So what you're going to get is yeah. the good bits from Oxygen OS are going to be absorbed by Color OS, and they'll be on Realme devices, they'll be on Oppo devices, and then you're going to get this sort of consistent approach. Which personally, as I said. Having used ColorOS on a few different devices over the past year or so, I gotta say they have really changed it. And if anybody says, "Oh no, ColorOS is still," I'm like, "Have you genuinely used ColorOS on a device with your SIM card in for the past like at least a few weeks?" Because if you do, you'll notice that they have actually improved it significantly. And I think that's what you're gonna get. Like you're gonna get that sort of merger where there's gonna be some things taken in and then some things given back. So yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. I think that is probably the approach they're going to go with. But I uh, can't wait to, to check that out. Maybe we'll see that that approach with maybe the 90 or even the, I believe, um, uh, Oppo has a Reno coming, right? The Reno 6 is rumored to be coming out. So maybe we'll see some of that synergy software-wise coming in. Oppo has a new Reno like every other week, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They have, they, have a, <laughs> they have a lot of devices. Um it's, it's great. I mean, uh, a variety is great. Moving on, Nintendo Switch. It was a bit of a surprise announcement um, while we're filming this podcast. OLED yeah. model. So this will be available from the 8th of October in 2021, priced at $349.99, right? 7-inch uh, OLED display, right? And uh, it's going to have a wide adjustable stand. So you're gonna have it in lots of you can you'll be able to get it in lots of different angles. Built-in wired LAN support, 64 gigabytes of internal storage, enhanced audio, and uh, yeah, we've got it in this sort of white and black color. And then there's also gonna be you know uh, the, the 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 colorful option, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm I do own a Nintendo Switch. I've not used it for a very long time. <laughs> I've got the original one. E, you're more of a Switch user. What are your thoughts on this? Ooh, ooh, you say that like I've used my Switch recently. So let's correct <laughs> that. Um, so my Switch, I had I I started playing the Switch initially, and then I moved my Switch to just travel. I actually sold my original Switch. Actually, I didn't sell. I actually gave it away to. Uh, one of my little nephews and I have the switch uh, I want to uh, the switch light and mm. I, I used to use that for travel because it was really great and easily portable too now when I saw this announcement uh, I went oh, Nintendo and uh, I also went ah, I'm gonna buy it that's the problem with Nintendo that is the, <laughs> that's the problem that agonizes my soul because Nintendo does this all the time I'm actually not happy about this announcement I don't like it I personally do not like it because I think it's about time that we hold Nintendo responsible. The same way in, in the gaming space, everybody chastised Microsoft. And Microsoft has been making a lot of big changes to what they do. Sony has made some changes, but of course, they are the market leaders, so not, not too much uh, besides releasing games. And Nintendo has carved out this special place in our hearts that when they do something, we're like, ah, look at Tommy. Mm, it's mm -hmm. okay. 
that's just literally what Nintendo has done. And with this device, there is no different. If you have a Switch, there's no need to buy it. If you're looking to buy a Switch, sure, it's, you can pick it up. You'll get at least a more vibrant display. But there's no update to the device in any way. Uh, there's no update to the software uh, other than, you know, slightly more storage. But everybody uses SD cards for your Switch pretty much. So... Uh, that, that's a question I was going to ask you. 64 gigabytes, because a few people say, really, just 64 gigabytes of internal storage? Is that really going to make much of a difference? No, absolutely not. I mean, all my Switch games, so uh, all my Switch games are on an SD card. I got a 128 SD card, and I use it for my Switch games. Uh, mm-hmm. There is no, there is really no need for even any storage other than updating OS. That's literally just to update the OS to whatever it is. If you're buying a Switch, you want to get an SD card. One of the faster ones is, you know, either the ones that, you know, we use for, oh, sorry, micro SD card, by the way, I apologize. Um, we use for, you know, filming or editing. Those, those are the kind of SD cards you want to use because it's got faster read and write speeds. Uh, but overall, I mean, you know, I was hoping for a Switch Pro, but I, I know Nintendo doesn't do it this way. Uh, that's going to prob- probably going to come next year when that's that, when the Xbox and the, uh, Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 going into full swing and everyone's mm. kind of hyped about that then Nintendo says oh by the way we have this so they kind of bring you back into that fold uh, there and you know it makes sense yeah I mean because the thing is I mean obviously the timing 8th of October when it's going to drop right they're just getting in time for Christmas it's just kind of like let's get people talking a little bit more about the Switch again right okay mm-hmm. so everyone's talking about it it's the perfect little gift that you can get um, you know towards uh the, the the holidays and yeah let's just do something because you know we, we just, we just <laughs> want to get more fit sales like but it's 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 not significant enough because as you were saying if you currently own a switch there's really no need for you to get it sure an oled display is better but there's no uh performance enhancements or anything like that but it kind of seems like you know if it's not broken, then you don't need to fix it sort of a thing. That's what they're doing. It's like, yeah, we'll give you a few enhancements here and there, but meh, <laughs> you're still going to yeah, buy no, it no. anyway. <laughs> I absolutely agree. I think for me with the Switch, though, the one thing I would like to see them do is actually fix the software in mm. terms of just how, like, you're downloading games, you know, like the whole online experience, all that stuff. Like, if they did that, that would make the Switch feel really new if they did a full revamp on there as opposed to even the hardware itself. Because the games you're playing, I mean, uh, half of the people who buy Switches buy it for nostalgia, right? Because you're mm. playing a lot of old school Nintendo games. The other half also love the quick and easy games you can play. And they are very, a lot of Nintendo games are just fun, fun to play no matter who you are. Um, yeah. And, and you know, Nintendo, I think, looked at this because during the pandemic, the Switch was one of the best selling consoles. Oh, like, yeah. As soon as the pandemic hit, I saw Switch prices for $500 and $700 for Ooh. something that costs 250 so if you had a used Switch, if you wanted to sell a Switch that you used for a while, uh, instead of you selling it for $100 or maybe 50 bucks at GameStop, you could put it online, you know, during pandemic, you could sell it for like maybe 350 400 bucks. Damn, why didn't you tell me, man? <laughs> I've not used my Switch in, <laughs> in a minute, man. I could have, I could have made some money, dude. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. All right. So uh, smartphone for Snapdragon Insiders. That's the name of it. Okay, so this is a new device, which uh, it's not it's not technically a device that's made by Qualcomm, but it kind of is because it's designed by Asus. Right. Okay. now, I think the the thinking behind this is, you know, we always see the new chipset. Right. 
uh, from Qualcomm and it's got all of these uh, features that are, um, you know, just talked about uh, in the presentation. And they were like, great, when are we going to see them on the smartphone? And then it's up to the manufacturers of the smartphones to actually implement those features through that chipset. But we don't always see those till some time. Now, from what I can see, the idea behind this smartphone for Snapdragon Insiders is, you know, a smartphone that's made for the, you know, hardcore Snapdragon fans who want all of these features and really kind of like a showcase device to be able to see what Snapdragon can do. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it was announced today. So um, we'll, we'll, Let's initially give it a bit of a preview of what it's offering. So I'm just mm -hmm. going to quickly run down um, with some of the features that it has. So, you know, as mentioned, it has been designed by Asus. Uh, we've got a 6.78 inch full HD plus 144 hertz OLED display. There's a triple camera setup. So we've got a 64 megapixel primary, 12 megapixel ultra wide, 8 megapixel three times optical zoom. It's got the Qualcomm Snapdragon 888 5G. Okay. So not the plus, 512 gigabytes of UFS 3.1 storage, 16 gigabytes of LPDDR5 RAM. It's going to run stock Android 11. There's the 3D Sonic Sensor Gen 2, but there's a catch. It's at the back, so it's not in the display. A 4,000 milliamp hour battery, okay, with quick charge 5.0. So there's a 65 watt charger included out of the box. And also included out of the box, we've got some um, earphones, the MW. O8SI uh, active noise cancelling true wireless earphones and then you've got uh, 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 an, a braided cable as well as a custom rubber bumper but the price is going to be $1,499 well just to add there's, uh, those earbuds are from Bang & Olufsen I've tried them out they are what, what do you think the value with those would be roughly? I think the Bang & Olufsen is around $299 Okay. Two ninety nine, two fifty. So if you take that cost out, then you know if it's fourteen hundred, then you're looking at twelve hundred for the device. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to say before I ask your opinions on this, e, um, to me, looking at the design of the smartphone, I want to be completely honest. To me, it looks like a rebranded ROG Phone Five. Okay. So from the front, we've got some you know top and bottom bezels there, right? And at the back, if you look at the camera arrangement, it's it's not central, it's towards the left-hand side of the back, right? And that is the placement of the cameras for the ROG phone, but the ROG phone has like everything else going on at the back, which kind of makes it look a bit more in line with uh, the ROG brand. This kind of, to me, kind of looks like, okay, why is it on, on this side, right? But yeah, yeah. It, it does look like what what, our, what uh, Asus have done, obviously, when, when Qualcomm have reached out, they've obviously made something that, it, it makes sense, let's, don't get me wrong, that they're kind of using parts that they already have and the experience that they already have, the production line that they already have with the ROG Phone 5, and they've kind of implemented this. But this is offering some additional things. So, you know, we do have, uh, we, we've also got the illuminated um, Snapdragon logo at the back. Uh, there's... Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, you know, they're calling it a connectivity powerhouse. So we've got 5G with Wi-Fi 6 as well as 6E. Um, and Actually, all 5G, it supports 5G for all its variants. So yeah. this is one of the few devices that will support 5G here in the US, the UK, and I believe even China as well. So 
Yeah, because usually, you know, some areas there's no, uh, there's uh, there's only sub six, so you're not getting millimeter wave five G. The the very very fast five G, shall we say? So you know th that you're not getting um, on many devices, although they're five G enabled. So you're getting a few things. There's also a, a, a big uh, emphasis on audio. So we've got um, uh, twenty four bit ninety. 6 kilohertz music streaming with ultra low latency and like free wireless gaming. So this is again something that uh, Qualcomm has been able to implement onto this uh, specialized device, which uh, we're not necessarily going to see on many other devices. Yeah, I mean, it's Snapdragon audio with that. Um, I think he, he, I have like some interesting questions about this device as I look at it. You just talked about the, you know, we've talked about this uh, when we saw it. We're like, okay, yeah, you're like, right. It looks like the ROG Phone 3. Uh, my question to Qualcomm is uh, what do they want to do with this device and this device, this new series that they've started, right? Mm. I get it is for insiders and, and that's cool. I will even give them a forgiveness pass that because this is the first time and they never make smartphones, so they had to go this route to kind of partnering with Asus and you know working with Asus uh, to create this. So of course, Asus is using something older. Uh, mm. But I, I, I personally want to know what do they will do in the future because my own mindset is I would love to see this at the beginning of the release of a new Snapdragon device, uh, exactly. you know whether it's whether it's um, uh, let's call it the Snapdragon 890 or the Snapdragon 1000 that would, that will be announced in Hawaii this year in December. Let's call it the 1000. Uh, you know, right? Uh, I would love to see that there as just a reference and to say here because you know whenever we go, uh, Qualcomm, like you mentioned, shows us so many features. We're like. Well, even night mode, like the night mode, the stock night mode that is built into the Qualcomm chipset mm. is really good. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's really good compared to what everybody else does on top, you know, like computation with Google, Samsung does its stuff as well. But what they do just based on the chip itself is mm. really good. And I would like to see that showcase. Um, and I'm not sure if this is something where they're looking at their partners and trying to 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 you know not not make them afraid that they jump into a market but honestly this is for the enthusiasts this is for the not oh. just enthusiasts this is the hardcore of the hardcore it is it is very much i mean you're not going to be dishing out $1500 for a smartphone unless you're somebody who's really in that now in the Snapdragon inside sort of program there's about 1.6 million people so there's a potential of a lot of uh, um customers there but um i think some of the points you hit on the first thing i do want to say straight away is obviously these are our first impressions of this um, and it is the first device. Qualcomm is not a smartphone maker. Let's just make that clear yeah. here, right? They don't make smartphones. They make the chipsets that power smartphones, right? So this is their first attempt. Obviously, they partnered with Asus here. So, you know, I'm, I, I, I will generally go easy on them in that because it's they're very new to this. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be a process. You know, like whenever you get a first gen of something, it's never there 100%. It takes a few generations for that to kind of reach its uh, full potential, shall we say, right? So um, this is the thing, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's, I love the concept. I love the idea behind it because as we've been saying, whenever we see all of these new features being boasted about, we want to see them implemented, right? And this is a perfect opportunity for Qualcomm to implement these into this device, but it needs to come earlier because just last week, we had the 888 Plus announced, okay? Now, the first thing so many of you guys are going to be saying in the comments and everywhere else is, hold on, so this is the smartphone for Snapdragon Insiders, but it's not got the latest Snapdragon chipset. 
right? Because mm-hmm. obviously, as we know, getting the smartphone made and because it's the first time as well, it's going to take some time for them to actually get around and get get this done, right? So yes, it's understandable, but you're going to get that criticism. Everybody's going to give that criticism. It's like, hold on, why didn't you use your latest chipset, right? And yeah. this is the thing. This needs to be moved much sooner. So when we see the new chipset, we need this smartphone either there or maybe soon after so we can kind of see, okay, this is what it can do, right? That also then directly puts pressure on the OEMs. So, you know, Samsung, Asus, all of the others that, okay, now people have seen these, right? E, Saf, all these other guys have actually tested out mm-hmm. these new features and now people want these features. So they're not going to be as lazy, right? So they're not going to be like, oh yeah, yeah we'll, we'll include it some other time. No, they're going to have to get a move on and bring these features that these chipsets are capable of to con- consumers. Oh no, absolutely. And I think you're right. I think it's, to me, my own perfect scenario is announcement of Snapdragon 1000 in December. And then in, at CES, which is a month later, you can just have the first look at those devices at CES. Again, that's continuing that buzz. Now, Samsung now has moved their launch to January. They may move it back to February, but at least this gives Samsung, if Samsung knows this is going to happen, we're going, okay, maybe we can add these features. Even if it's not at launch, but because mm. it's already built into the chip, it can be added down the line. And again, it's just unlocking those features because we, you know, remember when uh, LG was the only manufacturer when they were making cell phones to do bokeh video? Mm. Yeah. On, and, and nobody no else did that. It. No, nobody no else did that. It. And this is the thing. If you kind of see it and people want it, I mean, it's actually a good way to kind of also get a grasp of what the market wants as well, right? So if, 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 if you do something and people are like, oh, okay, this is something that a lot of people are appreciating, we, you know, OEMs get the pressure that they need to bring this stuff over onto um, their devices for the for the for the coming year. Now, in terms of this device itself, obviously, I we still, you know, by the time we get the review units in hand and stuff, Physical. and then we'll, yeah. we'll we'll be we'll be doing that. But in terms of first impressions, I mean, as I said, the design to me it does look like a rebranded uh, ROG phone. Um, so you know, everything kind of looks similar. There's a few things that I straight away off the bat would have liked to have seen. There's no wireless charging. I mean, come on, like you know, this is a Snapdragon device. We want to see what it's capable of. There's no wireless charging on here. That's the first thing that st- stands out to me straight away. Um, 3D Sonic Gen 2, amazing, great, but it's on the back. It's not at the front. Like, you know, it should be within the display. That's the whole point. Like, you know, that's what we've been talking about and wanting for such a long time. Again, I want to emphasize that this is the first device that they've got. Um, So it is going to take time for them to wind these out. But there's a few things that, you know, straight away stand out. I'll be interested to see what the camera quality is like and, and how they've done that. What updates are going to be like as well, because, hey, this is running stock Android 11, right? How does that work? how will updates be over the uh, coming months and years? Yeah, I mean, I do agree. I think with the camera, there's interesting because I actually might be more lenient to the camera because it doesn't run anybody else's extra um, computational analysis, right? Mm. There's no Google, there's no Samsung, there's no Xiaomi analysis on top of that. So for me, it would be more interesting to just see what that difference is. If it's that far off or if it's just really close, then in my mind, I'm going, well, they're doing a really good job on the base end Mm. of things, Mm. as opposed to, you know, if it's a very wide gap, then you're saying, okay, it's a nice start, but I like what the extra that Google has put in or the extra that Samsung has put in into this, you know, into that chipset to make things 
much better. So that part I'm actually interested to see because it's more of a case study rather than a competition mm. uh, because you're getting you're getting where everybody's you're getting everybody's start point. And sometimes you know if you compare with many manufacturers, you could go. Okay, if you started here, why did you go <laughs> way off <laughs> in the first yeah, place? Yeah. You know, you yeah. know stuff like that. So that that part's interesting for me. It's the gaming, and for me, it's the audio uh, part of things. But the part I I, I wish they did was I, it doesn't come with a hundred twenty watt charger. Yeah, again, you know, that's that is becomes that is something that is sixty five watt, which something which they fully you know it, it's it's fully ingrained into triple eight, and I think Jami has it in one of the devices. So uh, I'm just saying that that's those are the kind of things I would like to see packed in. But it's the first device, so we'll take a look, we'll we'll play around uh, with it, we'll see how how yep. well it, you know. It handles. And you know, you know how you're saying this as well, because making smartphones isn't easy. We saw, um, you know, we, we, we've seen so many people try, companies try and fail at making smartphones, right? And I think with Qualcomm as well, like this is the first time. So there was, there were probably, you know, they probably went in with, okay, we're going to get 120 watt charging straight in. We're going to get this, we're going to get that. And then there were likely some And reality setting. Yeah, <laughs> reality setting. So it looks like, you know, um, but again, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, checking out this device but more so what this develops into over the coming years and the other generations we'll be covering the smartphone for snapdragon insiders they also need to think of a better name in my opinion that's way too long um but we'll be checking it out on our channels so stay tuned for that and definitely let us know what you guys think of it too i have a name for it go on the sp1 sp1 done sp1 snapdragon yeah. phone one mm-hmm yeah that Dunks. works. SP no, one, but, SP no, two, three, no, but four, five. Six. I, I I don't mind just, call, just calling it um you know like snap. I like the term Snapdragon. So even if it was Snapdragon Phone One, right? That's still you know it, it it's it's recognizable. Instead of like SP is a bit too sort of um, you know it could be yeah, it would be vague. Snapdragon yeah. Phone One, right? Now Snapdragon. So smart again. I'm messing it up. Smartphone for <laughs> Snapdragon Insiders. No, no. The, I mean, it's not as bad as Sony's naming. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but you need it simple, right? Snapdragon Phone One, job done. Okay, guys, this is what's gonna happen when we make our videos. Our title is gonna be Snapdragon Phone One. Just make sure you watch, reshare the hashtag, <laughs> whatever the case may be. <laughs> Let, let's let's enforce that naming, so then they have no choice but to change it to that. <laughs> exactly there you go there but you anyway go. We'll, we'll, we'll be checking this device out very very soon the final thing we want to talk about is a little bit controversial and that is the sony xperia one mark three i'm finally getting my, the hang of actually actually saying the name because you know it's xperia one three right so some people get confused i'm just referring to it as mark three so it's not, it's not a big deal for me anymore right so um you know, I, I want to share because I've, I've had this for about a week now. So, um, unfortunately, UK reviewers did not get this for a month like some of the American reviewers did, which was kind of weird. Um, I didn't. Don't put me in there. Well, not not you, obviously. <laughs> you, you're not Marquez. You're not Marquez. <laughs> anyway, so, um, it, so, so here's the thing. With Xperia devices, there's a lot that I like about them, right? The problem is whenever I cover, like whenever I cover a device, I cover the positives and the negatives. The problem I find is the hardcore fanboys just hold on to the negatives and they grasp on and then they're like, they just like will not let go that why did you say this negative? And it's like, look, I said a lot of positives about it as well. So I'm going to start off with the positives again. 
-hmm. it's the one of the sharpest displays that you're going to get out there you know probably the sharpest display um that we've had this year as far as i'm aware right it's very very crisp right and the fact that it's also now 120 hertz is something that i really appreciate because last year we had 4k and 60 hertz right and i remember asking this to tk who's who's a good friend here uh, on the on the on the channel and also um uh, uh, i would say a very much a sony fan and i asked him i said look if i gave you the option for the sony xperia 1 mark 2 to have a 4k display with 60 hertz or a quad hd display with a 120 hertz which would you choose guess what he said 120 uh, hertz yes. right yeah, exactly yeah and pretty much any sony fan that i asked there so then in my opinion that was the wrong decision this year they've given us both so it's like all right brilliant amazing display and i actually appreciate the 21 by 9 aspect ratio right because when you're scrolling you can see more of the feed and also it's easy to hold in one hand so you can easily reach the other side so it's something that i actually think that's quite different and you know i quite like the one thing that i'm not so sure about well you know and it's a compromise that i do understand is the brightness the peak brightness is not as much especially outdoors compared to um you know say the iphone or especially the s21 ultra which is you know one of my favorite devices outdoors obviously we've got the xiaomi mi 11 ultra which is amazing outdoors as well so that's the thing, but that's kind of a compromise I understand. If you're pushing out 4K at 120 hertz to also give you peak brightness, it's just, you know, probably the technology isn't there at the time. So that's fine. Now, in terms of the device itself, you know, it's it's pretty smooth. There there are some bugs, um, you know, Marquez mentioned one of them, which is the rotation. It's it's kind of like, you know, takes, takes a minute to actually um, rotate. Yeah, mine isn't even doing it right now. But anyway, and you know, the, the battery for the 4K display, 4,500 milliamp hours, it's been pretty decent for me, I would say. Um, you do get the charger included out of the box as well, which, which, which is obviously nice in this day and age. And you know, you're getting some unique features which you don't get on any of the devices these days. Let's be honest, you're getting a micro SD card, right? You're getting yeah. a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. You're getting some front firing stereo speakers, which sound absolutely awesome. I'd say some of the best sounding speakers on any smartphone right now. Now, the thing for me is when it comes to the cameras, right? Okay, people have been going, Saf, compare this to the iPhone, compare this to the S21 Ultra. The problem is I cannot compare it in the traditional sense. And I would have to come up with a whole different camera comparison format, which would favor the Sony, which, would be, which wouldn't be fair. You know what I mean? So I'm, I've not actually done a camera comparison for that reason, because, you know, if I do a traditional camera comparison, the Sony's obviously going to lose, right? But then if I do a specialized camera comparison, I'm blatantly favoring, I'm blatantly doing it just to make the Sony, you know, somewhat win, which so I can't win. And I, you know, as a reviewer, that's a that's a dilemma that, that, that I have, right? Now, here's the thing, right? I'm just going to give you my opinion on the cameras. I think the cameras are really great and we've got some really good hardware here, right? Um, I do like the fact that you can switch the uh, focal length, right? But the zoom isn't actually that great, in my opinion, right? So you are using the same sensor for the variable zoom. Uh, what I would have loved is if you could actually do the in-between zooms as well, uh, optically. Right now, you could just switch between 70 and 105, right? So it's just bam, mm -hmm. bam, right? Here's my problem with the cameras, though, right? Okay. Front-facing camera is 8 megapixels, 1080p. It's trash. Okay. Now I get people saying, "Oh, I don't, I don't use the front-facing camera anyway." Well, that's up to you. No, I gotta, no, no. I gotta cover it. I gotta cover it, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whether yeah. you, whether or not you use it or not, I gotta cover it, right? Okay. That's that's what I have to do, right? Okay. Rear-facing cameras, right? Again, they're pretty good, uh, and you've got so many controls, right? Which is thumbs up. 
I, I love having control and, you know, like really being able to dial the settings and also because it's quite familiar to, you know, Sony Alpha cameras. Here's my, here's my thing. Here's my argument. And it always has been. On my iPhone, I have Filmic Pro, which gives you, I would say, almost all, if not some more features, some different features, to really change up exactly and get the manual settings that you want, right? On an iPhone. And that is an app that I use all the time and I absolutely love it, right? So my, my point is, okay, so I can somewhat get those features on a competitive camera, right? But what I can't do on the Sony, which I can do on other devices is have software features like night mode, right? Now, E, you, you mentioned that you had a party, um, you know, happy birthday to E, by the way. Um, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and uh, Kogan was taking pictures using night mode and the S20 and Ultra and they turned out great. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, Kogan, and I, I will show you some of the pictures so you guys yeah. can, if you're watching the podcast, you will see some of the pictures. Uh, yeah. but what was interesting in this discussion, because we talked about this over the weekend on our Twitter spaces, uh, was the fact that, look, if it doesn't have a night mode, and I had a birthday party, it was in the evening, it turned to night, and I picked up, I said, look, David Kogan, you're a YouTuber, you know how to take photos, so be the photographer tonight. David's like, sure, no problem, buddy. And... And all David said was, hey, guys, this is night motion. Just, just hold for a second. Don't just move erratically because it's just going to look bad. And he took a photo. People were a little bit grumpy, but once they saw the photo, they were like, okay, cool. Another one, mm. please go ahead. And that is the difference as opposed to, uh, you know, me using the Sony and taking a photo where it's not going to look good. I just watched uh, Michael Fisher's video last night on the Sony and those are some of the things he talked about because you know he he went to Montauk, which he always does, uh, even though he makes it seem like it's something very very new all the time. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was interesting to see the image quality, especially at night, where um, you know he's taking photos and it looked like something from literally three years ago, or even from a lesser camera. And that's mm -hmm. the difference here because for you to take that photo, this is something I learned from my my buddy Marion Cell, mm -hmm. is that this long exposure and the part that gets me with this device is I've always said this and I'll say this is I don't think Sony knows what market it wants to do because they say this is for the professional photographer right and I have a very good friend who's a professional photographer and I can tell you the phones that he enjoyed to use he he's an iPhone user on standard mm -hmm. um, he he liked the Galaxy he liked the Pixel he loved the Huawei, especially the P20 and the P30, uh, mm. because it did things for him that he knows he has to take a photo, and then he goes to Lightroom, and then he has to do his edits, and then he will even take it back into Photoshop, and then might switch a couple of applications just to get the image the way he wants to, as opposed to whenever he went out to a party or he had friends over, the, every photographer will tell you the best camera is the one in your pocket, not the one at home. Exactly. Now, here's, here's my what I want to mention about, you know, you mentioned night mode, right? Okay. So Sony's argument seems to be that they want to go for more of a natural look, right? Okay. So I'm like, that's fine. Why not have the option for a night mode? It can be switched off by default. Give people the natural shot that you're looking for. But hey, there's going to be certain situations because look, as I said, if I want, I can switch off night mode. Okay. And I can mm -hmm. take pictures without that. And guess what? They'll look a lot more natural, right? 
okay? I can go into pro mode on my S21 Ultra and I can tweak some of the things to get the type of shot that I want. But on, on, on the Sony, there's not that counter thing, right? Portrait mode, again, you just don't get that same level of portrait mode that you get on, you know, the other devices and stuff like that. So so, so my point with, you know, and I, and I was emphasizing this last year as well with, with, with the Sony Xperia Mark II as well. These manual controls and all of these features are great. You're going for a natural shot. Amazing. I love it, right? But then why are you not giving features which could essentially be here as options at least, right? And that way it'll be a lot more competitive. Why are you giving a 1080p front-facing camera for a device that's priced at $1,300, right? Uh, it's, it's unacceptable in my opinion. And I'm not just giving Sony stick for this. You what, go, go back and see my um, uh, camera comparison of the OnePlus 9 Pro, right? I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm ranting the exact same thing. If, if you have a flagship device with a 1080p front-facing camera, then I'm sorry, I'm going to criticize it because yes, you may not use it specifically, but it is something that, you know, we, we've come to expect from flagship devices. Now, I also want to mention that for the $1,300 price point and the £1,200 price point, at least in the UK, you can get some of the Sony... Um, uh, the, the headphones, Mark III headphones. I don't even remember the name. Um, with those for free, right? So that actually makes the price a little bit more reasonable and competitive. But the other thing I want to mention about Sony is that this device was initially announced. What is it? Was it April time? April May time? I think it was right. God, I we I got briefed around that time. Okay, some, somewhere around then. It's yeah. July. It's July now. Reviewers have got it in their hands. Guess when it's releasing? August. August. <laughs> so look at the time gap between when it was announced. The hype is there. It's going down, it's going down, it's going down. You've got the reviewers kind of getting their hands on it. The, the hype goes a little bit up, but guess what? The device isn't going to release for over a month still. I think it's the 19th of August or something. Like, yeah. to me, that doesn't make any sense, right? I think, you know, pretty much every other manufacturer, they announce a device and then within a month, maximum Max. month, yeah. It's in it you can buy it, right? So the hype is there. Everybody's still interested. If it's a device in your mind, you already think that's an old device because you've heard about it from April, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that's a negative on here. Now I, I, I want to add something quickly here is yeah. so a lot of a lot of Sony fanboys will say at thirteen hundred dollars, you're not just getting a camera, you're getting, you know, the video output features, uh, you know, to your to your professional camera. Uh, you're getting one of the cool features that Sony did introduce that I do like is the fact that while you're gaming, uh, it does the it saves your battery and it doesn't actually use your battery if you're plugged in uh, to your charger. It just uses directly from the you know from the wall socket. That's that's great and that's cool. But here's the thing about smartphones: smartphones are now graded first on camera, not by me, not by staff, but by every consumer because that is what they have in their pocket. Got, we, we no longer buy cameras specifically to take photos. We buy cameras because you're creating content as a content creator, so, as a videographer <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Your yep. phone, literally, the first thing you do in your phone is take photos. So those have to match. There's a reason why the market leaders are Apple and Samsung, not because, I mean, there's advertising, there's marketing, but the, the fact that, look, they have gone a long way to make taking photos easy for the regular consumer. Now, you may say, this is for the professional, but I can almost guarantee you a professional look at that and go, I might as well just pick up my A7S III or my Canon <laughs> or my whatever. Exactly, because this, this is something that Fisher said in his review as well, that, you know, if you're going to be, essentially, if, you, if you're going to be carrying around a tripod, right to, to be able to use this camera properly and doing all of this and that 
you might as well, and if it is that pro that Sony's completely targeting, they already have an alpha camera with them, right? I own three Sony alpha cameras, okay? And most of the time, one of them is with me, right? You also own three Sony Alpha cameras and they're amazing, right? Now, if I'm gonna be doing all of this faffing around, right, to get the right shot, why not just pull out my Sony that I've got in my uh, backpack anyway and just use that, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. And the other thing is with smartphone photography, right? I like having those manual options because there's sometimes you can, you know, like just if you wanna get like a silhouette or something, you know, you know certain situations where you really wanna kind of um, have that manual control. But the problem is you've got fixed aperture on all of these cameras, right? So if you're outdoors, right, you're gonna be on a stupid ass <laughs> shutter speed in order to be able to get things not overexposed, right? And it's just not gonna work because again, it's a smartphone camera. So again, you know, for me, this is the reason why I really like the iPhone camera, right? Is because I use it for different things. I most of the time have my Sony with me anyway, right? My, my Sony uh, A7S um, III or my uh, so, Sony A7C, right? And I can just pull that out and I get amazing shots and I absolutely love it, right? But the reason why I use my smartphone camera is for quick things. If I just wanna get, and I, you know, like dynamic range, you get some great dynamic range straight out of the bat, which you can share straight away. And that's what, you know, most people use their smartphone photography for. Now, if Sony want to carry on and do this very specifically targeted device, that's all well and good, right? But then you can't criticize us for calling it an enthusiast device because that's exactly what it is. So we're calling it what it is. We're reviewing it as we review other devices. We can't really change the review process to favor this to make it look good. We're using the same review process when we're comparing it to other smartphones as well. We can't like favor something over another. So this is the thing. I, I, I kind of just want to kind of get this out there. I'm sure there's going to be lots of Sony fans hating in the comments and stuff. That's fine. You go ahead and do that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to give you my I, honest opinions regardless. I, I will just say this is that, look, they're only, right now, they're only two manufacturers who have the ability to give us a true all-around phone. The iPhone is not, and I'll tell you why. Sony and Samsung are the only two companies that have divisions that have, quality on almost every single aspect, right? Sony displays in terms of TVs, even their professional monitors are crazy. Sony has a great audio department. We know how the headphones are, speakers as well. Sony make these sensors for almost everybody's cell phone out there, right? Uh, Sony has a great camera division. They have a gaming division. Like, and and all, all I am asking, I don't know about software, I'm asking is Sony, if you're gonna give me, if you wanna tell me spend 1300 if you if we did a voltron of all those divisions and all powers combined captain planet type thing and you gave me captain planet i would pay for that at least i will talk about it because you are now showing that yes the best of sony is here what i feel here is that the best of one division is trying to do something while not all of it is coming together and it's not a synergistic approach which is why you know, somebody asked me, is like, will Sony go the right of, right route of LG? And I say it's very possible because they are not catering to a market that is waiting for them to be catered to. There is a void for number three, a huge void, because Huawei is gone, LG is out of the market, and nobody has taken that number three spot. No one. Mm. It's like no. Xiaomi, Oppo, they're all Bro. kind of like kind of floating you around know. that number three place. And it's yeah, a, a Pixel, Pixel is for... trying to do a push now with the Pixel 6 because we're here and they're going high end and, you know, all these different things. But there's just nobody there. And you have the pedigree. You have the history to do it. And you've got the skill sets to do it. I'm just asking, show me what you can do. That's all. 
that, that's recently. all I want. Yeah, but I mean, this is the thing. Again, I guarantee you, based on this video, people are just going to look at the, you know, all the good things that we said about the device earlier on, it's just going to be completely forgotten and they're just going to kind of hold on to, oh, yeah, you guys just don't know how to shoot cam with, with cameras and stuff. Who needs night mode? I don't use a front-facing camera anyway. Hey, look, it's up to you. Um, if, if that's who the smartphone is for, um, then that's great. But all I'm saying is it's it's only ever going to be a very niche and enthusiast device. And if, if that's exactly what Sony want and they're happy with that, then that's great. But we're going to review it based on our experiences and our, um, you know, our, our format of how we review other devices. And we're going to do that. And if that's not to your level, then goodbye. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's what we wanted to say. Um, but, you know, uh, it, I, I really hope that, you know, Sony doesn't go down the LG route, right? Um, as I said, you know, some things that I would love to keep with this device, such as the 21 by 9 aspect ratio. I'm happy with the 4K 120 hertz as well. Sure, I'll make the compromise, but you know, give us a better front facing camera, give us more camera features. Sure, keep those manual settings and everything that you've got, but give us more camera features that we see in other devices as well. Give us those options and then you're not gonna have an excuse. We're not gonna have an excuse because not only can this smartphone be for enthusiasts, but it can be for people who are after a proper flagship device, a different flagship device, and then they can become um, those enthusiasts. We'll see. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm laughing because you said, when you said could Sony go the route of LGs, uh, like a LG story popped into my head where it said LG was gonna start selling iPhones in the LG store in Korea because they're no longer making phones. And Samsung is petitioning this because it's, it's, it's just like blasphemy in your backyard, <laughs> back in Korea. <laughs> you know, like little brothers across the street and he's like, sorry, big bro, I ain't selling your phones because we're still, you know, we're still enemies. So I'm going to sell uh, apples. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. But anyway, that's the Sony Xperia 1 Mark III. Um, hopefully that makes sense why I cannot do a camera comparison with it. I'm not changing the format up completely just to favor the Sony because that would be unfair on the other devices that I would be comparing it to. Um, but as I said, there is a lot to like about this phone as well. And if you are somebody who likes those things that we talked about and that is the phone for you, then you know it's it's a great phone, especially if you do get it with those headphones because I think they're worth about three hundred dollars, right? Three hundred, two hundred fifty uh, to three. The XM fours or two fifty. Yeah. XM threes, um, the oh, um, the over ears, over oh, the over. over oh, okay. Yeah, Mark Oh, they're not coming with the Mark fours. The Mark fours already out mm. over here. Anyway, well, yeah, the, so that's, they, they're that's going they're with last year's model, uh, two years ago. Come on, Sony. Well, I mean, it's still worth, say, about 200 So you are getting that if you yeah, get yeah, it yeah. early. They're but, but um, you know, it, it is still something that's uh, going to be very specific if you really want what this is offering. All right, guys. I um, hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> Uh, if, if you did then be sure to follow subscribe all of the good stuff you can uh, hit us up on social media as well we're on Twitter and Instagram and the clips will all go on to YouTube as well if that's not where you are thanks for listening this is Safran Super Seth Speaks with my co-host Thunder Eve from Border Work and we'll see you next time <laughs>